Good morning and grand rising. We are here with another episode of the Who Do and Chill podcast. With me, as always, is my beautiful partner in crime, as well as love and light, the one and only Latoya Alexandria, my love. How are you today? I am just fantastic. Good morning, Grand Rising. It is Monday, so bon lundi. Je suis assisi avec la magnifique Serbeo. And as you can see, we have a wonderful, wonderful hoodoo and chill for you today, this Magic Monday. We are going to be talking about dolls. So this is a really good one. I'm very excited to hear about this show. Um, Seer being a very well-versed and mastered doll maker. He is going to take us through the history of dolls, and this is going to be fantastic. I'm excited, too. I'm jumping up and down because this is right up my alley. This is one of these things that, you know, I really can get very personable with you guys today because this is up my lane. As Toya said, I am a doll maker. I love dolls. I love the art of ritual dolls. I love the art of poppets. Um, I don't really like to use the term voodoo dolls. I'm going to be honest with you guys. That was probably just a little bit of clickbait because it's a phrase or a term that many of you are familiar with. But you will learn today in today's show that that term is a very, very bastardized way of referring to these dolls we are going to give you some historical references as well as terminology as it relates to dolls around the world toy is going to step in with her practice and offer us some amazing information as we were scripting today i got excited because toy was mentioning dolls that i i've never even heard of like a meat doll i thought that was intriguing to say the least even as a vegetarian, I just thought that was very, very intriguing to say the least. But one thing that really sparked this show, and Toy, I don't know if you can back me up on this. I am noticing that dolls are not something that you hear or you see a lot of practitioners talk about. I don't see a lot of people making the dolls. Even when you go into the botanicas, certain ones, they're not as available as they once were. Am I crazy? Am I losing my mind? Or have you seen this? Have you seen this trend as well? It's almost like a hidden cult. I know of practitioners who use dolls on a regular basis, but these are practitioners who have been using dolls for years. It almost seems like dolls have lost their place in our practice. And I think it has to do with the stigma that's attached to them right now. Um, When I think about, we always go back to, you know, TV and drama and things of that nature. Shows like American Horror Story, in the beginning, if you guys remember, if you've watched that series, when they did the series on the occult or, um, you know, where they did the witches and um, you had Marie Laveau and then you had her battling, you know, the witches there. In the beginning, you would see uh, a practitioner stabbing a doll 
uh, with a needle constantly, like vigorously, and with this smirk or smile on his face, and he looked really evil. And that is what people think of most of the time when they think of dolls, that they are evil, that they are, you know, the worst of the worst. And if you have a doll or if you are making dolls, then you are just, you know, you're attached to that, the evil, the darkness of whatever magic you may be practicing. So I completely agree. I haven't seen dolls in a long time. I have not heard my students. I have not heard new practitioners that I may be allies with. Um, talking about dolls or saying that they make dolls. So if people are making dolls, they're definitely doing it sort of underground or they're moving in silence and they're they're not letting people know that they're actually out there making these dolls. Well, I just want to give a big warm hug and hello to all of my doll makers that are either listening or if you're in the audience with us, please make yourself known. You guys will probably hear me get very, very passionate in my speech today. Like I'm literally tingling on the inside just talking about this because they're amazing. How can you not have a doll in your house? How can you not have an altar guardian or an energy that's protecting the door? One that's bringing in money one that's keeping your love alive all of these things that we're constantly doing ritual for what if i told you that dolls are spirits or they house spirits that constantly do the work they just want to be loved they want to be fed they want their offerings they want to spend some time in the sun some of your dolls may want a little rainwater. some of your dolls may want to just be kept outside and left alone some may want to sit in a dark place because they work better there but they're amazing and i personally have never stabbed any of my dolls with a knife pin or a needle because my dolls are not needed for that particular purpose. Now, for other things, the pins are used, but not in the way that you guys are automatically referring to just as to what the media has pushed as it relates to the usage of dolls, okay? Now, the way this show is gonna go today before Toya gives us our show description, we are going to first talk about the history of dolls. You guys know I'm a stark historian, so we're going to talk about dolls and how they are related to history, the different type of dolls. And what you will find is in your own practice, if you use them, that there is a direct correlation with this, okay? We're also going to talk about the different types of dolls, what they're used for, the type of magic that is associated with these dolls, and also how to respect them and how to care for them. All right. We are going to be offering a workshop to the public next month. For those of you that are interested in learning the art of making dolls, or if you already know how, we have a workshop available for you. There is a link posted. Go ahead and get yourself registered. This particular workshop will focus on the usage of dolls as it relates to love ritual magic and how to love these dolls and care for them so that they can love you and bring love into your life. So 
without further ado, I'm going to be quiet and I'm going to go ahead and let Toya usher us into our show. For most of the 18th and the 19th centuries, the image of the doll has been represented as a symbol of occult and malice. However, the purpose of today's show is to provide our audience with the history of ritual dolls, as well as break down the negativity associated with ritual dolls and their purpose. So without further ado, Seer, let's get into it. The Hoodoo and Chill podcast will return after this short ad break. Hey, are you enjoying the show? If so, don't forget to follow Hoodoo and Chill on Apple and Spotify and leave us a five-star rating. Tell us what you love about the show in the reviews. We love to hear from you. To keep this free content on air, please support the show by sending a donation of love using one of the donation links in the descriptions. Donations keep our podcasts alive and also give us the ability to enhance our content. We graciously thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. We are going to take a journey around the globe quickly. And we are going to meet a few friends of mine who come from a few different continents. So the first continent that we're going to stop at is the continent of Europe. The modern version of the poppet that you will probably see today is going to be a little cloth doll made. It looks like two arms, two legs, just a very basic doll made out of cloth. Uh, it's not decorated elaborately or anything like that. It's It literally just looks like a little cloth doll that you could use for almost anything. That is the modern version of what you see as a cloth doll. However, the pagans were a little bit more intricate in, in the things that they used when, as it relates to poppets. They would use fruit paper. Um, some of them would use corn husk. Some would even use clay. Clay was a big one, making the dolls from clay. Also, potato skins. If you were um, from Ireland, they've even made dolls out of potatoes. Now, I don't know how long that doll's going to last because potatoes stink horribly once they go bad. But potatoes have been used as well as roots and sticks and things of that nature. Now, puppets from pagan tradition were mostly used as it relates to casting spells on other people. Okay, these dolls didn't really represent deities so much, but they represented another person. These were used by uh, people who practiced witchcraft, um, Wicca, paganism, druidism as well. And they used these to work someone from afar. Now, a lot of the workings that were done were healing work, um, things that were good, so to speak a lot of love work, binding, very big on binding in Europeanism tradition as well. So this is where you would see the magic of the puppets deriving from. Now, if we go down into Greece, 
this doll I thought was very, very special. We have the Colossi or the Colossus, all right? Now, these are also forms of poppets, but these have a different aesthetic to them. Now, I want your minds to think regionally for a moment, okay? Now, if we go to Greece versus places like the UK or Sweden, um, Ireland, the region is different. The Greece is in the Mediterranean, not too far from North Africa, not too far from the Middle East. So these dolls are heavily influenced by African tradition. You have to remember that the Greeks and the Africans have been trading for centuries, for centuries. The Egyptians used dolls as well all of the time in almost every last one of their rit rituals as it relates to burial. There was some type of doll or multiple dolls that would be put in the sarcophagus to represent the deities. Now, when you look at the Colossi or the Colossus from Greece, okay, these were also used to represent deities, spirits, and people. One thing as it relates to Greek deities, their deities were not as malevolent and, and as venerated as you would see other people's traditions. The Greeks were very, very aware that their gods would play tricks on them and that sometimes they were not the best that sometimes they would do things literally just to see a reaction from the people. So these dolls were made for binding purposes, to protect them from the scorch of Aries, to keep um, Air Eros or Aphrodite from breaking up their love relationships, to keep them from the thunderbolts of Zeus crashing down on their home. So if you saw these dolls, they were more so used as means of protection to keep someone from doing spells on you. In Pompeii, they found a lot of these dolls with little petitions that were written inside of the coffins they were put in to keep themselves protected from other people that might have been doing dark magic on them. And when you look at the figures of these dolls from Greece, a lot of them were imbued with nails, sticks, bones, as you would see very much in, I'm sorry, in reminiscence to the dolls that derived from Africa. So through trade, okay, there is a synchronicity there as it relates to magic. And I wanted to start off with Europe because I am trying my best to use this platform to heal some hearts and to showcase that Black spirituality has been influential all throughout the globe that we have influenced so many cultures. And I think sometimes people like to use the word steal. And I'm not saying that some things haven't been stolen, but there also have been things that we simply just influenced, okay? And before we hated each other, we would culturally influence one another. And that's a fact if you learn history, okay? Now moving forward. so. I want to take us over back to the Americas for one moment. 
okay? And I want us to visit the Hopi people and their dolls called kachinas, okay? Now, the word kachina comes from the Hopi word. It means spirit, all right? And what I love about these dolls is that a lot of these were used to represent the spirits of nature, okay? Spirits of nature as well as ancestors and deities, okay? Now, why is this important? Why is this important? Well, in Southern conjure tradition, utilizing dolls to represent ancestors or to use them to do ancestral work, that is a part of Southern conjure tradition. Now, if that has some influence from the American indigenous traditions that were already here, I'm not 100% sure, but at the same time, I do want to show the synchronicity in that, that not only do people in the South utilize dolls to represent ancestors and things of that nature, but the indigenous Americans, they utilize these dolls to do the same thing as well. And for those of you that are heavy on the ancestral magic, I have seen some very, very beautiful dolls to represent some people's ancestors. It softens the divine masculine. And I think it sheds a different light on the divine masculine that the men were basically petitioning spirit on behalf of their wives and their daughters. And if we take a look or mirror reflection now as it relates to black spirituality, African-American spirituality, it's always the other way around. It's always the woman going to church and praying on your behalf or the woman laying hands or the woman doing all the healing. But here we have traditionally in a lot of indigenous cultures that most of you are connected to, it was the men who went on behalf of the women to petition for them and they would bring them back these deities or these dolls or these spirit guides in the form of these dolls. And I just thought that that was a very, very, very beautiful tradition. Um, this was taken from Barton Wright's book called Hop Hopi Kachina. So if you want to read more up on that, that's a really, really good book. And once again, that is by Barton Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T. Now, let's go back across the waters for a moment and let's take a trip back to Africa, okay? Now, many of you are, or you've heard of the Nkisi before. And this is a word that translates to sacred medicine, okay? Now, the Nkisi, I think, are another important and significant form of imagery as it relates to dolls in the tradition. Because if you look at pictures of the Nkisi, they are covered with the nails, um, there is a crevice in most of them where you can put the roots or the medicine that is used to activate the dolls or whatever is going to go inside the dolls. And these dolls were used to protect the family um, for success. Sometimes they would be one to protect the village or to represent deities or to trap or to guard spirits in them as well. But one common purpose of this, and here we going back to our divine feminine again, is that these dolls were used to protect women, okay? 
They were used to protect women. You will see many in Kisi where the stomach is and that there's a hole there. And they would use these dolls during times of a woman's um, conception to protect her, to guard the womb, to guard her from miscarriage, to make sure that the baby was healthy or even to promote fertility. Now, I have some serology on this because dolls were not mass produced until about the late 1700s, early 1800s, okay? However, we historically have evidence that these dolls have been around and used for centuries and that there is a direct correlation to dolls and the divine feminine. Because when you think about dolls, who are they mostly marketed to? Little girls, every little girl wants a Barbie or a doll that looks like her or something like that. But if you look at the historical reference as it relates to dolls, dolls were used to protect women, mostly that they were given to women, that there was always some form of divine femininity as it relates to the making or the usage of dolls, that they were used to guard women and to protect them and to make their lives just a little bit easier. So to me, I think that that is probably why as when dolls went into mass production, that they were mostly marketed to women because they have a history of always protecting women or being used as talents of protection for women. Now, another doll that isn't spoken of much from Africa, from uh, Benin, that area would be the Bochia. And I hope I'm saying that correctly. If I am saying it wrong, please do not butcher me. Just email me and give me the correct pronunciation. But I believe it's pronounced Bochia. Okay, and these dolls also, in my opinion, have a direct correlation with the tradition of Southern conjure, hoodoo, or even New Orleans voodoo, because the Buccio were dolls with specific purposes. Okay, they didn't always represent a deity or a, perfin, a, a person or anything like that. They had a specific intent or specific energy that they would represent, okay? It might be a doll to help keep food in the house or a doll to help make sure that when you go out and you hunt that you come back successful. A doll that would make sure that you, um, you win your boxing matches or anything like that. A doll that would make you successful when you go to the market. A doll for merchants. If you look into Creole voodoo or New Orleans voodoo, a lot of their dolls are made with the same, and hoodoo dolls as well, are made for specific purposes. Not this, well, this doll represents everything. No, this doll is to keep my house from any intruders. And this doll is to keep money in the bank account. So my serology is I truly believe that that portion of our practice is directly pulled from Africa, directly pulled from the shores of Benin, okay? Lastly, all of this is connected because on many slave plantations, when they've done excavations and things of that nature, they have found dolls 
that were used for spiritual purposes. Okay, um, New Orleans is a and Louisiana is a great place for this as well. New Orleans has so many amazing relics um, that have been buried and people find, and I, it's always such a cool uh, place to find relics. But when we look at the usage of dolls and when we get into Southern conjure, hoodoo conjure and things of that nature, how does this translate over? How did this look on a slave plantation? Well, this is where the rag doll comes from. And this is where the dolls made out of uh, the corn husk come from, or the dolls made out of paper, things of that nature. Dolls that made out of sticks, okay? Dolls made out of the swamp moss, things of that nature. All of that, all of these different ways and traditions become a melting pot once we get into the America excuse me, once we get into North America, onto these slave plantations, the dolls almost look like a version of a doll from Europe, from Africa, and some elements of indigenous elements were added as well, okay? So what were these dolls made for? Well, mostly protection. Most of these dolls represented the person that was enslaving them and they were working them. The Hoodoo and Chill podcast will return after this short ad break. Why make major decisions without knowing the outcome beforehand? Would you like to know where your relationship is headed? or what the future holds in store for you. Sir Bale and I want to assist you in making all the right decisions so that you may live your best life. Are you seeking a new career? Does your love life need insight? Or maybe you want to connect with your ancestors or past loved ones. The realm of divination holds all the answers to your future. Allow us to use our psychic abilities, bone reading, cardamancy, tarot, and mediumship to uncover the answers to your future. Go to hoodooconjurerootwork.com under classes and services to book your appointment today. Your spirit guides are waiting to speak to you. That's hoodooconjurerootwork.com to uncover your destiny today. burying them in, in cemeteries, making them go sick. There might have been a doll to represent the wife of the master, the children, all kinds of things. So in my serology, because this isn't fact, this is what I think. So you can, you know, you can definitely chastise me for what I think. I think that this is where we start to see the demonization of the practice. Because when you back a group of people into a corner, they're going to fight. And they're going to fight with what they have available to them. And 
what a lot of people don't also want to talk about is that a lot of those dolls made it on those slave ships. Those, those little, some of those little amulets people were able to hide in their hair or whatever and took, and they took it with them. They may not have been big, something very small, but they still, there, there have been evidence of these amulets have been found. Okay. And in my opinion, I think this is where the demonization of the doll comes in because they were using them to represent a person or persons that they could not physically harm or physically get close to. So they would use magic from afar to fight back. This is where you start to see in New Orleans and in Virginia and in South Carolina, places like that, where African-American spiritual practices are now outlawed and they're criminalized and they're demonized. And when you have, if, if you don't have an image of voodoo, right? Because we have an image for every other, for every other religion, there's an image. You know, there's a Buddha, there is a Muhammad, there's a Jesus. So of course they needed some type of image to give quote unquote, what they prescribed as voodoo or hoodoo. So they slapped the image of the doll on it. Whenever you see this, that this is malice, that this is malicious, that this is the devil's work, that this is dark magic, that this is this, that this is that. In my opinion, I think that they demonize our practice and demonize the doll because our people were using the dolls to fight back. And I don't, knock any of my ancestors for doing what they had to do to make it out of a horrendous situ situation. But I think that if you know the history of something, it makes more sense to you. Because before this, dolls were synchronized in almost every culture. Even in Catholicism, you go to people's homes, there are images. Um, there, there are dolls that represent the saints. People do this all the time. You go into some people's homes, there are dolls that represent the Orisha. There are dolls to represent the Black Madonna, things of that nature. All of this, what Christians prescribe as idolatry, is tradition, in my opinion. It's tradition to have these. So, as I land here, and I'm going to pass the mic over to Toya because I definitely went over my talking time today, but thank you all for lending me your ear. Um, as I land here, I just want to say that this is a part of the tradition and that the demonization of some of this, in my opinion, is relatively new, okay? Because for something that's been around for hundreds and thousands of years, that's only been demonized for the last few hundreds of years is still relatively new to me in my opinion. And I think that if you know the history of something and if you know the beauty of something, you yourself can have a better opinion on it. I think a lot of us, even in modern hoodoo, conjure, and root work, we don't really want to use the doll because, oh, if I do that, I'm doing voodoo. Or some of you consider it too cliche oh, it must be fake if I'm using a doll. Or a lot of pagans, and I know a lot of um, Europeans, you know, and, and, and they're, some of them refuse to use dolls in their own practice because they don't want it to look like voodoo. I don't want this to look black, you know? But the truth is your practice was using the same image, using the same type of 
idolatry, to be honest with you, before you ever set foot in Africa, before you ever saw blackface, this is something that your people were doing. Toya, take over before I run off. The Hoodoo and Chill podcast will return after this short ad break. Did you know that the Hoodoo Conjure Rootwork Academy is accepting new students? That's right. The HCR Gold Academy is a unique experience tailored to practitioners of all levels. It doesn't matter if you're brand new to the practice or want to enhance your craft. The HCR Gold Academy has a place for you. All students have access to monthly classes, rituals, lectures, and student discounts as well as the best Hoodoo Network available. Go to hoodooconjurerootwork.com to enroll in classes today. Again, that is hoodooconjurerootwork.com. Run off. That was absolutely fantastic. That was fabulous. Um, thank you, Sarah, for taking us through um, the different continents and where these dolls actually derived from what their meanings were, what they were used for. So many times when I hear people talk about dolls um, in a negative manner, in a negative light, I take it personally, of course, because I am a voodoo practitioner. And let me first say, there is nothing demonic about voodoo, okay? Our philosophy teaches humility and courage and patience, perseverance, wisdom, tranquility, modern temperance. It is a lifestyle. We are about community. We are about helping each other. So there is nothing demonic about what we do. So let me just tell you a little bit about how we use a few of the dolls that we make. Granted, I am not going to give information on how to make the doll. I will tell you what the doll is used for in our workings. I'm gonna just go back first to um, the Nikitsi doll, Nikisi doll, excuse me. As Sears said, that literally translates into sacred medicine. And we are very familiar with this sort or type of doll because what it is um, considered is a tomb or a grave. These dolls, most of the time, or uh, will hold not just remains, but it will hold anything spiritually charged, any substance spiritually charged by a very powerful person. So even that word, Nikisi, can be used when referring to a regular grave. That is how powerful these dolls, these containers, these vessels are. And they, yes, are, they're used for protection, not only personal protection, but community. And again, when I go back to voodoo, we are about community, not just oneself. And that's why you will always see community rituals, okay? So in light of talking about the uh, Nikisi doll, I will tell you about these dolls that we consider tombs. A lot of them are used for burial work. However, 
the way that they are used for burial work is they are used for complete transformation from death to resurrection. They are an anchor for something or someone. Say, so for instance, you have a behavior that you want to get rid of, something that is plaguing you, no matter what that behavior may be, it could be, um, you know, substance abuse. Um, it could be some type of dependency on something and you want to get rid of it and you need to get rid of it. You will use this doll that is considered, again, a tomb. Sounds scary when you think about tomb. But you are actually burying this part of yourself. Okay? You're, you're burying a... A spirit or a fragment of a spirit that directly matches the human representation. And that is why the doll will look like a human representation. So we have dolls that we consider to be meat dolls. Now, when I say meat dolls, you guys probably automatically think that we take some meat and form it into the doll. Something like that, right? Sounds crazy. What a meat doll does is an amazing thing for a person's life. With a meat doll, you're actually taking a part of the target's life or their soul. And it is fed and digested into a spirit and it is altered or purged out. Once that portion of the person's spirit is altered, or purged out, that person or the target is now stronger. That area is stronger. For example, purging weakness, purging self-indulgence. This will help grow personal strength and discipline. So when I say meat doll and someone automatically thinks that I am feeding meat to a spirit, this is why it is so important for us to go through history and talk to someone who really knows and understands what the purpose of these dolls are, what the purpose behind our practices are, so that we're not automatically demonized. Because as Sears said, you will never see us taking a doll and just sticking pins in it and stabbing it to death. That's not what we do. That's not the way that this works. So again, that meat doll is where you are feeding that portion of whatever it is that you want to get rid of. It's for personal growth. It's for healing. Maybe something in the community. Do it for people that you love so that the spirit can take it on and get rid of it. Another way that we use our dolls is that we drown or we submerge them in water. Okay. And the reason that we do this is, again, not to drown and submerge somebody in water and kill them. This is to resurrect something. This is designed to give a fresh start and second opportunities. When you do... Uh, drowning with these dolls. It's for reservation work, for family healing. So do you see how 
demonizing these dolls and not understanding exactly what they do and what their purpose is, is completely and totally misconstrued. Again, uh, I want to go back to the dolls that we use as tombs because I also wanted to mention that not only are these tombs used for protection, but they're used for a new start. So when you are using the doll as a tomb, you are using it to bury all the old and begin new. This is more for um, like a, a restart, a delete and restart all over. That's the way that you view using a, a tomb doll. I'm just going to refer to them. I'm, I'm going to refer to it as a tomb doll. Forced new beginnings and forgiveness. Dolls for us are so important. They are an important part, part of our practice. They are an important part of our culture. Um, they are extremely powerful. And I just encourage you that if you are a part of the hoodoo or you know voodoo magical community in any capacity learn dolls learn dolls because we have completely turned around what they're meant for i mean hollywood and everyone else has told us that these dolls are evil we have so how many doll movies out there where the doll comes Live, or the doll gets possessed, or the doll is used as a conduit, and you know, it's killing people, or whatever. This is what we think of when we think of dolls. This is what has been put out there to us, and this is completely false. So, I'm giving you examples of how dolls, when we use our dolls, and like I said, voodoo is about community, it is about healing. We use these dolls to heal, to get rid of things that are unwanted, to protect not only people, but to protect everyone. I am floating right now, literally. I love listening to you talk. Um, woman, I love you because when we are on we are on and i was i was gonna mention the baptism of the dolls but you you spoke on it and hoodoo and the hoodoo tradition we call it the baptism of the doll that the doll needs to be baptized life needs to be given to the doll i'm going deep now but there are it you can't just create the doll and just you know or, or just go and buy it like there are certain things that have to be done to the doll to give it life and sp specifically for men i think that this is a practice that men really should getting more familiar and master the art of and that is the care for the doll and why do you say that sir because if you can learn how to love and nurture and care for something that you conjured, that spirit will overflow into your love life. It will overflow into your family life. It will overflow into how you take care of your children. It will overflow into how you take care of your community. What most men don't realize is that you are the master of your own domain and of your own territory and how you love and how you care is a direct reflection of you. And for those of you that may not have families yet or you're working towards it, I think that learning how to care for something that you conjure 
is an amazing practice to teach you the skill of nurturing. That's something that women fortunately have naturally the ability and the skill and the talent for nurturing. And men, we lack at that. Let's be honest. We lack it that we, we resonate in logic. But when it comes to nurturing something, and I'm not saying just caring for something, nurturing is two totally different things. Dolls have to be respected. You give that doll a name, you give life to that doll, take care of it, feed it, give it offerings, talk to it. The same way that you need to step out into the sun and get some light, that doll needs that too. The same way that you want to drink, that doll needs that too. The same that you want to way you want to feel love and care for, that doll wants that too. And speaking from experience, because I love my dolls, why would I treat them bad because they treat me right? They do their job. So these talents, these beautiful traditions should be respected, not rejected, and definitely not demonized. And my personal opinion is I think everyone who is a part of this practice should have at least one in your house, even if it's just to protect the house. We are going to go ahead and end here today and just thank everyone for coming on out and offering us your love, your patience, but most importantly, your time. I would just like to thank each and every one of you for coming out, as Sarah said, offering us your time and your ear. And we hope that you leave here with a new perspective of dolls and understand the importance of them in our practice and their history. Um, they're a part of us. They are something that is significant if you are in the magical community and something I think that Sears said, every one of us needs to have at least one if it's only for protection. So thank you so much. Um, we love you all. Well, it is Magic Mondays, and this is I always love to send each and every last one of you out in love and light. But I also want to remind all of our listeners that are here with us in this clubhouse room, to those of us that, those of you that listen to us on our podcast, who doing chill all over the world, we see you and we appreciate you. I want you to remember that you are strong and that you are powerful. Your bloodline is divine. It was blessed. Who you are and who you were made to be, it wasn't by choice, it wasn't by chance, it was intricately created for you to become the powerhouse, the vessel that is you today. Today is the day that each and every last one of you are going to step out into your prosperity. May you take back anything that has been taken from you. May your hands, I bless your hands. May your hands be like the Midas touch. The things that you lay your hands on, may they materialize in front of you as if they were gold. You come from the best of the best. You come from doctors. You come from warriors. You come from medicine men, magicians. You come from divine women and you come from divine men. Step out into your prosperity, my people. And with that, we release you into the atmosphere. <laughs>